Uh, welcome to Shame Launch, a guilt-free dive in those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching the movies like the miracles that they are. And today, we're ordering up some pizza and eating it with our queen, because we're watching Selena. Yes! <laughs> uh, I'm James Fight. Uh, man, I hate that. I can't do this in order. Um, Kenny, say who you are and what you do. Kenny Madison, Chief Archivist of FlatFilms.com. Each week, we publish an episode of the podcast. What else do you want from me? Um, just your love and affection. Aaron. Uh, I'm Aaron Salinas. Uh, I'm editor, uh, uh, all-around good guy, and Kenny, did you put your name as A.B. in the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and... What? Uh, and, and, what? And, <laughs> and of course we no, have... what? Tell me, what? It's just, he's in the movie. Yeah. He, uh, he, he's Olivia. also... <laughs> Um, I am Olivia Slappin Suarez. I do social media for the pod. I'm also the fourth co-host of this pod. And um, I am a big fan of Selena. In fact, I am currently changing my background to me and my Selena band. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, our band was called Anything for Selena. It was awesome. Don't you have a a clip on YouTube of y'all singing? Oh no, Olivia froze. Yeah, so it's not on YouTube, but it's on my it's on my uh, Facebook page, Olivia Suarez. You should check it out. Hey, hey. check that hey. out. Hey, hey, uh, Aaron, what's wrong with my name? So, Ab is the brother of Selena, and most recently he got in trouble because he uh, has a warrant out for his arrest for uh, <laughs> he had Uh-oh. a warrant out for his arrest for uh, uh, unpaid child support. Oof. Ooh. And uh, what was great about that is the news outlets covered it all around Corpus because they still live in Corpus, sure. and all throughout the uh, <laughs> all throughout the uh, comments on Facebook was uh, Edward uh, James almost getting out of bed, uh, saying, "What were you thinking, son?" Um, <laughs> um, from the movie, yeah. Uh, whenever he gets the bus stuck, and it, it was great, as as long as no one is Yolanda, exactly. Um, <laughs> But yeah, AB is also uh, one of the leaders of Cumbia Kings. So he's a good guy. It's just that's the first thing I, I remember AB from right now. I don't know. If he's a good guy, then wouldn't he be paying his child support? Supposedly he is paying it, but um, at the time that they were like, he got set for his child support, uh-huh. he uh, had lost a lot of gigs since then and was not able to keep up at that same rate. So he was paying what he could, but he just wasn't meeting at that. Um, that so like if, if they were saying, hey, you can afford 3000 a month, but he's not getting gigs for whatever reason, and he can only pay, you know, 600 a month, he was still doing, he just wasn't meeting that. And apparently the mother was fine with it, but according to the state, he wasn't meeting his requirements as a, a due diligent father. Mm-hmm. So it's me $3,000 a month? Just, just hypothetically speaking. Should we set that as a Patreon goal? 
Yeah, at three thousand dollars a month, uh, we'll, we'll pay for someone else's child support. Yeah, <laughs> all funds will go to some child. Um, a B Quintani at the fourth, I think. Yeah, we definitely don't want to uh, make money off this. Uh, we don't want this to become our job. Yeah, we love our jobs currently. Uh, those of us who have jobs. <clears throat> you know who loved oh. their job. Selena, because she didn't treat it like a job. And God bless her. She's a princess. She's South Texas. She's, she's Texas a queen, queen, Aaron. She's a La reina. queen. She is everything. God, I just, I, I cry every time at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but I will be honest. I did watch this with a critical eye this time around. Uh-oh. Um, Go on. The script isn't good. I mean... No, but it's emotional. Um, and if if we're being honest, it's because this movie is produced by Abraham, her is father. It really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, and production on this movie started a couple of weeks after she died. Yeah. No. Released in '97, mm. right? Yeah, so she died in 95, um, mm-hmm. March 31st, 1995. And this is coming out on Selena Day, which a lot of people do get confused with um, because the state of Texas recognizes Selena Day officially as April 16th. Um, that is the day of her birth. Uh, and they chose to memorialize her on the day of her birth rather than the day she uh, was murdered, um, which is March 31st, which is very close together. It was, um, yeah, it was just recent, too. Yeah, uh, that's actually the day Nipsey Hussle died, a, a very famous rapper from L.A., um, they were both slain on the same day. He died a few mu- years ago, though. Um, and that's why we're releasing it today on April 16th. On April 16th, because uh, Daddy Bush, uh, Daddy George Bush, um, he's the one who said, when he was governor, he said, hey, April 16th is the day we're doing it. Um, but yeah, so it production started very soon after um, she passed away. And because everybody was rushing to uh, get something done uh, for her. And the family said, no, we want this done correctly from the family's point of view. So that's why uh, he did it. But um, there's going to be some times throughout this movie, because like I said, I grew up ingrained with this film. I know a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm from Corpus. I know a lot of the ins and outs of this stuff. I've, I've seen Abraham. Uh, at a Whataburger at, at 2 a.m. Really? Uh, getting, getting coffee, and he's just as much of an asshole there, if you imagine. <laughs> well, at least no. this was a few years ago. Um, I can imagine that, yeah. Quite a few years ago, actually, now that I think about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's going to be some times where I might... Wait, what did he do? He's... Uh, I don't know the whole background, but it sounded like he was getting mad that he had to pay for his coffee. Oof. Oh, that's awful. That's a what, coffee is like two bucks. Yeah, at Whataburger. And was he, uh, was he doing doing the thing where he's like, "I'm Selena's dad." Don't Do you, you know, know who I am? You know who I am? Yeah. Oh. Because oh. oh. uh, he he still works. He's he's a talent scout uh, for Tejano uh, Records around the state. Um, and I think I don't think he's with Freddie Records anymore. But he, uh, yeah, that's that's what he does. So he goes late at night. He might be slowing down now. He's already in his 80s. Late at um, night when all the world is sleeping. Exactly. Thinking of you. And he, uh, yeah, so he just goes out to gigs and then comes, goes to do Whataburger. 
And I think they just said, you know, you know, 255, sir. He was like, what? Do you know who I am? And then I had another friend who got fired from a Whataburger because he kind of like mouthed off to. No. Because uh, like, like he was being kind of mouthy. And then from the back, he goes, it's a bustier. And uh, then the manager got mad at him and fired him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it was, it was totally, two completely different incidences. Um, but, yeah, so uh, the movie started soon after the, the passing, and and he is the producer. He um, – all they had heavy influence in the film. Uh, the money the, uh, of the actors uh, stayed with the Quintanilla family uh, throughout production. Uh, Suzette and J-Lo became roommates, essentially. Um, and Edward James almost just – practically lived in the house on Molina Drive so he could like figure out you know the the nuances of of Abraham because he's and it's kind of eerie because he he genuinely looks like Abraham it's kind of strange um but yeah so um he's he still has the rights to the film and everything like that um it's a it's an interesting take on it but yeah this, this it's soon it started production soon after her passing um, and there's a whole bunch of, you know, scandals that go along with that because just of casting and what have you. Yeah. Sure. Such but, as? Um, a Puerto Rican playing a Mexican woman. There was a big uproar about that. Mexican uh, news outlets completely slammed the film once they found out, found out a uh, Puerto Rican woman from New York would be portraying a Mexican uh, woman from Texas. Yeah. Um, completely. And I believe it was the family, rightfully so, said, wait, hold on, take this as a victory that we have uh, basically an all Latin cast mm-hmm. um, and we have the highest paid uh, Hispanic person in the industry ever. J-Lo made a million dollars off of this, which up to this point had com- been completely unheard of. Well, you're not necessarily the only one that has criticisms uh, about this movie, Aaron. One of the things that we like to do on Chain Watch is provide a little bit of context over why someone might feel a little bit of shame about the movies that they bring us. We call this the context. Thank dun, you. Dun. Context. Thank you so much. In uh, a review titled Selena by Leslie Rigolo uh, from filmscout.com. Reviewing Selena for her multitude of fans is like reviewing a Disney flick for kids. Futile. They will go see it anyway, and nothing is going to stop them. Witness people paying $50 to see Selena at the Dallas premiere three days before it opens nationwide. That the story is bland, boring, and way too long at two hours and 11 minutes is beside the point. She has been beatified, so the film will make millions. Selena, for those unaware, conquered the male-dominated Tejano music world and was on the verge of crossing over to mainstream music when she was gunned down by the president of her fan club. At 23, she had been an inspiration to Mexican-Americans and a joy to all music lovers. I had hoped her bio would give a sense of how she managed to climb to the top. What was so special about her? Where did the charisma come from? Instead, we see a vanilla Latina whose biggest defiance is to go bungee jumping. The story is actually dominated by her father, Abraham Quintanilla, portrayed by Edward James Olmos. Quintanilla had Warner Brothers and everyone else over a barrel when it came time to put Selena's story on the screen. He had control of it, just like he had control of her. 
So the stories of his browbeating Selena, A.B., and Suzette into fulfilling his own unrealized dreams of being a musician are turned into those of a good-natured dreamer who nurtures his family's ambitions. His comical antics as Klutz make him more likable, but even his careful attention to grooming his own image can't hide the fact that Selena and her siblings spent their youth on the road, the road to Abraham's success. Were her famous bustiers and tights the secret to Selena's success? Quintanilla said in a recent interview she wasn't hiding her Latinaness. Tight pants with a big button, the whole thing, and people were loving it. No, it takes more than that to make it big, but Selena will not answer any questions about her success, her rumored involvement with the married designer who helped her with her boutiques, or her father's domination. He has made sure of that. So, if you want to get to know Selena, listen to her music. Oof. Oof. Uh, I will say the dad in that film pretty uh, controlling. Yeah, but also he seemed he seemed just like oh, dad, as opposed to I don't know a Joe Jackson situation, which seems far more realistic. Which probably was the truth. That I I would imagine so. It it's uh it's it's very much underplayed. Sure. In, in this film, yeah, he's definitely the Mexican Joe Jackson, um, but uh, and I and I think it's just partially because of almost just, <laughs> just <laughs> we really need to stop the chat because <laughs> no one can see it or hear it except for what? our Patreon subscribers. At the five dollar level, you'll get access to our actual video recordings. That is true. Can they see the chat on the? On the screen? I don't know, but that's my nice way of saying stop using the chat during the podcast. Uh, Aaron, as you were saying... Kenny called him Jose Jackson. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But, yeah, I think it's because almost uh, up to this point he was in Stand and Deliver, which he plays a a very strict but heartwarming uh, teacher who wants the best for his students. Mm -hmm. So we kind of have that taste in our mouth still? Uh, Edward Um, James almost was a little bit of an 80s mainstay with the stand of deliverance. Also, he was on Miami Vice. Uh, he was one of the detectives in Blade Runner. And he's always been an outrageously intense presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got two stories from uh, his run on Battlestar Galactica where he plays Commander Adama. Uh, one of the episodes, the, the first proper episode of Battlestar Galactica, it's an incredible episode where uh, the fleet has to make a faster-than-light jump every 33 minutes in order to escape the, the Cylons, or the bad guys. Uh, and everyone is outrageously sleep-deprived, and Edward James almost was consulting experts of going, okay, so when would people start committing suicide after sleep deprivation? Whoa. And the experts were like, that, that's not a thing that wouldn't happen. But Edward James almost was like, but you can tell me, come on, when do people start killing themselves? What the fuck? And the experts was like, it's, again, not a thing. That's just not a thing that happens when people are sleep deprived. And the second one is Edward James almost spoke at the UN. Uh, on behalf of Battlestar Galactica, the entire cast of Battlestar Galactica <laughs> was there because it's a show about unity and I, I, I just don't know why. What? And the tagline for the show, like the catchphrase of the show is so say we all. That's basically the Battlestar Galactica equivalent of saying amen. It's a super religious show. And at the end of his speech, just like in the 
miniseries, the pilot of the episode, uh, the pilot of the show, Edward James almost says, so say we all, and keeps repeating, so say we all, until the members of the UN are also saying, so say we all. He's super intense. I think he's super earnest as well, considering that he did that at the UN. He's weird. He's a weird dude. Does he, does he have a Vin Diesel vibe? Uh, very much so, but he never, he never popped. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's gotten death threats for his films as well. Uh, what? For, really? Yeah for, yeah, for American Me, he got death threats um, from a high population of the prison population. Um, we're sending him death threats because there's a part in the film where uh, he gets out of prison and he's saying the only way he can have sex is anal sex because he's coming out of prison. And yeah, and he got a bunch of death threats for that, um, and <laughs> um, hate mail and a bunch of stuff like that. And and I think he just came out and said, "I did my research, and this is what I was given." <laughs> like that's just his only retort for that. And oh my god, he's a, he's a very into, he's now working on the the Sons of Anarchy spinoff Mayans, I believe. Attracts. Yeah, that that's his what he's going off on, and he's got a cool mustache. He does. Mm-hmm. Edward James almost is a guy that rocks a mustache most of the time. Yeah, he was also he was also on the West Wing. Like he's in an oh, episode. Um, he yeah. becomes the Supreme Court Justice. That's right. It's amazing. Watch the West Wing. I honestly forget about the West Wing, and I wish I I kept up with it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but yes, Edward James. James do you Olmos. have an Edward James almost story? No, but I have a sleep deprivation story. Go on. Uh, in high school, uh, me and my best friend Patrick, we stayed up for three days straight, and I started to hallucinate on the third day. Oh my gosh! Did you go to a Whataburger at two a.m.? I showed up. And I, showed up <laughs> I showed up demanded. We don't have uh, Whataburgers in Ohio, unfortunately. You went to a White Castle instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 then we ate all the sliders, and NPH paid for it all. Again, the movie we're talking about today is Selena. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, our queen. Um, Shane Wash's official queen. And, and I think we should say, we're not saying this is necessarily a Shane Wash, because this is, to me, a very important film. Yeah. Um, I will admit, the script is not good. It, it's, yeah. it's very, I don't want to say juvenile, but it's very basic. It, there's not a lot of depth. There's not a lot of substance to it. It tells a very particular story. Yeah. Well, which I, is, I Go ahead, Kelly. I kind of felt awkward pulling a negative review in the first place because of where this movie exists in pop mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. Uh, my my original review that I had well, I was vacillating between two reviews, and then whenever Aaron started uh, talking about the problems with the script, I felt safer to go with a negative review. Uh, but I, I I pulled something that's a little bit more positive at the beginning. I I won't pull it just for, or I won't say it for time's sake. Uh, but even now, because look, y'all, I'm white as white can be. Uh, you would pull up my shirt and I can help guide a plane in during a cloudy day. Same. I, I've used my white skin as a bounce board before on a film set. I believe it. Uh, so my knowledge of Selena basically extends to just this movie. I knew that this movie existed. I knew that Jennifer Lopez looked a lot like Selena. Uh, because 
that's that's just what I know. This movie provides such a wonderful context as to why you should care. Now, how much of that uh, is sanitized by Abraham is up to debate, but I think there's no argument. It's it's telling a story that just wouldn't be told, and the fact that this was a major motion picture. This is a Warner Brothers movie made in the late 90s with a cast, with an all-Latino cast. Is is that fair to say? Yeah. It's, it's an all-Latino cast? Yeah, this uh, movie is, yeah. Um, if, go ahead if you're, if you're, I feel like I'm interrupting again. No, <laughs> no, please. No, <laughs> okay. um, yeah, this, this movie is so significant. Um, just growing up, let's, you know, I'm uh, not in addition to being half Cuban, I'm also half Mexican. So um, Selena growing up was just a big part of my childhood. In fact, uh, I can't even really tell you exactly at which at what age I first watched this film. Um, but it was very young. And actually, fun fact, my parents are extras in the movie. Oh. Um, the scene where she is um, singing Como La Flor with the cow print outfit. You can actually kind of see my dad dancing. I put it on my IG stories, so I'm going to put it on um, Shame Watches. Hey, IG. that's awesome. Um, it's hilarious, but my my parents, and we were talking about it at lunch today, too. Um, they've told me the story millions of times, but um, basically my abuela, my grandma, had watched me for the day. I was pretty young, um, and they spent the whole day just being extras and dancing to that one song with J-Lo, like, lip syncing, because... Uh, it's all Selena's singing voice in that movie. Really? Just, yeah. Yes. When I was growing up, I thought J-Lo was the one actually singing because, you know, J-Lo has a singing career. <laughs> but it's every time she's opening her mouth to sing, it's all of Selena's actual vocals. Mm. So, um, but yeah, yeah, and then I the English-speaking album, I Could Fall in Love and Dreaming of You, um, she honestly was one of my biggest inspirations to become a singer. So I would, I would like sing in front of my mirror and sing those songs. And so, um, yeah, this film and then just Selena in general, and it was just a big part of my life. And as you can see by my background, a note for audio, I have a photo of my bandmates, um, from this past year, we uh, were a Selena band and, uh, she's just an icon for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia, were they, uh, were they also at the Alamo Dome? When it, uh, so whenever she's singing at the Houston Astrodome, I think uh, so. That was actually filmed at the San Antonio Astrodome. It was filmed in Poti, Corpus, San Antonio, and another city, but it was not Houston. But it was it was recreated in the Astrodome. Did they go to the Astrodome? I don't think my parents went to that one. Um, I think they just went to the the day where they're just dancing in that little club. But they said it took all day. Um, they made minimum wage. And they said it really only got tiring at the very end. And they got fed. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask, did they get paid or did they get the Coke products coupon? <laughs> what? I didn't even know that was what? an option. Th th those were the two things. I think if it was in a large crowd, like the Mexico City crowd mm -hmm. or the uh, Astrodome crowd, there was just too many people. So they were like, hey, will y'all do this for Coke products? And they were like, fuck it, we're going to be in a Selena movie. We don't care. So they just... <laughs> And no way! I would have done that. TBH. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this this movie is very much a Selena movie in the fact that this was powered by people, by the people that loved her so much um, that you know they took any opportunity to to be in uh, the movie in any way possible. Um, but yeah, I think that's awesome. Like when because 
And what's interesting, if you know people who lived in, in San Antonio or Corpus in the mid to late 90s, there's a good chance they know or was in the movie somehow. Uh, like, I had a relative who did the paint job on the Cholo's car. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> he, he, he didn't know what he was doing. But he received a check from Warner Brothers. What? Whoa! He should have framed it. And yeah. then, and then he figured out that he was doing the the job for, for the Selena movie. Which, and there's other people too. Where like they were like, yeah, we just showed up to a club or or something, and they they said, hey, we're gonna be filming Selena here all day or all week next week. You want to be in it? And they're like, hell yeah! And they just like called in from work and just showed up, or they just found any way possible to be a part of this movie. And and and. I it that's just this movie is so significant and so important and and the pacing is weird. I, I think that's a very fair statement to say. Yeah. Um we, we start off with her and then you know, we start off with her as an adult and then we go to nineteen sixty one, which I think is a very important date because that's three years after uh the day music died when Richie Valens died. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, I mean, a lot of people forget Richie Valence's last name was Valenzuela. He was a chi- he was a Chicano artist. His song is La Bamba. That's a very infamous yeah. song, and it's a Spanish word. Yeah. And so, there was still that racism and that hate towards uh, you know Latinos and Mexicans. Um, but yeah, so this uh, this nineteen ninety seven film starring Jennifer Lopez, uh, Edward James Olmos, Constance Marie. Um, uh, follows the life and tragic death of Selena, and um, I don't I don't even know where to start. I, I'm honestly okay. So I'm curious with this. Um, I know uh, Olivia, you said that you know you grew up with this film and it, it heavily influenced your uh, decision to you know pursue music and everything like that. Um, when did her impact hit you? Like, when did you realize how big she was? Because, like, growing up, I just thought she was a kid from Corpus that made it. Until probably about 16 right. or 17 when I was like, oh, she's that hot topic. Oh, she's, you know, got this and that. She's, like, right alongside a Nirvana t-shirt at Hot Topic. Like, I mean, this girl's it, you know? She's an icon at this point. When, right. When did, you, when did it kind of hit you? I think, like, growing up, like, me being in my bubble in my house – you know, I knew she was a big deal, you know, and I, we always treated her like a big deal. Um, my extended family lives in Harlingen, so about two hours south of Corpus Christi. Actually, that's the first little town, like, in the movie where the kids perform. And then, you know, they get off the stage and Abraham's like, you know, uh, AB, you weren't playing, like, mm-hmm. well enough. Um, so that's where my extended family is from. Um, so anytime we would drive to the valley, like, I was aware of her impact. Um, but I guess among my friend groups and among popular culture, because uh, amongst, I guess maybe even like, you know, yeah, just like my, my Latina friends, my Latino friends, like even as my friendship base got bigger, like among you know, white people, um, that was probably more, more so, hey, uh, more so like high school, college, because like, I, I mean, I knew she was a big deal, but then just seeing other people become more aware of who she was, 
um, especially those who didn't grow up listening to her. I think it's just such, uh, I think that was, like you said, maybe later when I grew up. Okay. And then she came out with, uh, or the family, I guess, they came out with a MAC Cosmetics line. Uh, and that sold out like instantly. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, if uh, Corpus held a huge event at our huge coliseum, the American Bank Center, um, and the line went for miles. It, it, it was ridiculous. Like they held it like on the floor of the, the Coliseum and it just, like you said, in, in minutes completely sold out. Um, but so, so that's where I was curious about coming from a Latina perspective. Now, fellas, so, James and Kenny, us white boys. When did y'all, I, I know Kenny, you said your only known existence of, uh, Selena was the film, but when did you become aware of Selena? Uh, I met Olivia. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Because uh, she said something. Well, okay. I'll take uh, uh, two months after I met Olivia because she said she was in a Selena band. I was like, okay. And then I didn't know what that meant. I thought that was yeah. her band. Oh yeah, and I got I got mad at him. I was like, you don't know what Selena. You don't know who Selena is. Yeah, and I was wow. like, oh, wait. Uh, and then I figured it out. So last year, to answer your question. And Kenny, did you know about her at all? Like any in any kind of pop culture? I know you were watching like Entertainment Tonight and stuff, so I wasn't yeah. sure. I mean, I. And still have always been a pop culture obsessive since I was eight years old. Uh, I remember that this was a TNT movie. That's that's a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember this movie getting replayed on TNT constantly. Uh, I never watched it because I had no interest. <laughs> it sounded dumb. Oof. Uh, but I was eight or nine or. 10 actually if this came out in 97 98 or 99 probably be getting tnt uh yeah that that's it that's that's the extent of my knowledge and i knew that selena had been shot uh that those are the big things from my from my white hometown i Uh, did do some research on uh the web to learn more about her mainly about her death because i'm gruesome uh but uh, when she was shot, apparently she left a 341-foot blood trail. And she went all the way down from the room on the days in to the front desk. She asked for help uh, and identified, uh, what's her name, Usana? Yolanda? Yolanda Saldivar. Basically public enemy number one in the Latino community. Yeah, yeah. She like named her, like she shot me, and then she passed out. Uh, and then, you know, unfortunately, uh, passed, but yeah, I, I just thought that was insane that like 341 feet of blood, like that's so much because the gun, normal. the, the bullet hit an artery. So it just sprayed. Uh, then I learned, uh, Howard Stern did a very bad thing and played some of his, her music with gunshots behind Come the background. On. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So uh, the whole Latino community threw an uproar. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that uh-huh. was like, to pour salt in the wound, that happened like a f- 
week or two after she got shot. And oh my gosh! Yeah, how soon? By the way, oh gosh, dang it! By the way, if we ever go to Corpus, I'll I'll give you guys the official tour. I'll I'll take you all to the house on Molina Drive that was in the movie. Yeah, that sounds like a good video. And uh, we'll uh, I'll take you to the hotel uh, where all that happened at. The uh, hotel room number no longer exists as to where she was shot. Um, it's completely renovated uh, and everything like that. And if I'm not mistaken. Uh, all employees are told to just act like, like granted, you know, years have changed, but just like, no, I don't think this is the hotel where Selena was shot. Like they, they completely try and but disregard. You know, her. you know, yeah, yeah but you no. know. Oh, the um, other thing, uh, when so after um, uh, she tried to escape after shooting Selena, uh, and all the SWAT team came in. They negotiated with her for nine and a half hours. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Every- and then on top of all the police being there, uh, a lot of Latina community people just started like gathering and just start crying because That's the power of our people, right, Aaron? Yep, yep. Well, we we come we come up in masses, man. Well, yeah. We'll well, the power that um, Selena kind of demonstrates in this film and in real life is like the power of a community. Oh, without a doubt. Because she, I don't know if she united people, but she definitely brought it on the map. Like The thing that explained this movie to me and how outrageously important this movie was is, is the scene where Selena's in Los Angeles at the mall with, uh, who is she with? Her um, one of her like assistants for like the beauty salon, sure. I guess that she. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're in Los Angeles for the Grammys. Selena has been nominated for a Grammy. Uh, anything for Selena, she's our queen. Mm, win that Grammy. <laughs> uh, and of course, that honky lady that's in the mall dress shop is going. <laughs> can, I, can I help you with anything? Which, to be fair, that's how all of us talk. Please, we are yeah, giant honkies. Uh, and Selena says, I was thinking about trying to get this dress off of the rack so we could try that on. And the white woman says, are you sure? That's an $800 dress. No, she says something even more passive aggressive. She goes, I don't think you would be interested in that dress. It's like her pretty woman moment. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to, uh, I, I, I believe there are some, I forget, there are just some workers in the back of the mall who just go, D- did you hear? I think Selena's trying on a dress. Selena's so- aquí! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the box and then suddenly every single backroom worker in the mall, the word spreads around to every single backroom worker of the mall. And then suddenly just one after the other until there's just throngs of people in that dress shop and Selena is just there signing autographs for all of them mm-hmm. and then the, the, the assistant comes out they, Selena looks at the dress and tells the woman that's working at the shop I don't think we'll be taking the dress <laughs> yeah. Oh, <God>. wow. <laughs> yeah, such a good scene. My There's so much for- discussion of trying to capture just in in film and just in culture alone about trying to capture the real America 
uh, and the stereotype for that is uh, for people, I'll, I'll just point, people like James. Hello. Uh, honky white dudes. That's me. Uh, that are, that, that are just, we're, we're guys. That's a real American. James is a real American, real Midwestern, uh, corn-fed, uh, Ohio race. That's me. James is a real American. I am. Elena tells me and shows me that while all us white people are out on the front, there's 20 more other people in the back room that are doing the hard work and are going completely unseen. So for us hockeys out there, we're just like, who is, who is Selena? Yeah. And then there's easily 20 times more people who are like, here's, here's who this is. There's so much culture that I just don't know about mm -hmm. and will never be told about. Right. Uh, or I will just never find out on my own terms because I'm white. And that's the thing too, is like, we've always had representation in media because mm -hmm. that's, you know, America. Yeah, go back to strongman lifting weights. That's, that's us, baby. Yeah. I get ripped constantly. Look at these muscles. Le Voyage de la Lune. <laughs> I, I dare say there's not one person of color that's going on that rocket ship in the cannon. Mm -mm. Nope. All white. And the moon. White. White. Jesus. Yeah, I, I, my, my note for that scene specifically was that mall scene is America. It, it, without a doubt. And what, what I like about it, too, is when they're like... Uh, uh, it's 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 a little white girl who's like it's Selena like she says in a very white girl tone, which kind of shows that she's kind of dipping into that crossover already a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and like it it's just it's so impactful, it's so powerful, and, and I think it, it it exhibits a wonderful portrayal of of America. Like like you said, Kenny, it, it's it's something that you know for that one person of that's America. There's twenty thirty people that's cooking, cleaning assisting and hope holding the storefront. And, and I think that is such a beautiful scene. And, and this, and this movie demonstrates sexism in, in the music industry. And, and it, it, it shows, um, you know, racism and, and the struggles of the, the modern Mexican American family or, or yeah, I was just gonna, family. I was just gonna point that out and ask, ask you, Aaron, that scene where um, Abraham is telling AB and Selena, like, you know, it's hard to be a Mexican-American. Like, the Mexicans don't think you're Mexican enough, and the Americans don't think you're American enough. And I just wanted to, I wanted to ask you, like, how you felt about that scene, especially now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like every Mexican-American father has said that at least once, and, 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 and at minimum once, and, and, or a Latin American father. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's just, you know, input your, your country of origin instead of Mexican. But hell yeah, man. Like, I, I do think it is, you know, when I visit my family in, in Mexico, sometimes there's, like, an aura of, like, well, can we put Chile in the eggs? Or is he going to, you know, cry? Or, you know, like, it, it, it's little thing, little nuances like that. Do where, you cry? No, I, I do pretty good. I, um, I do. I mean, if you're putting habaneros, then we have an issue. But if it's just some no. serranos or jalapenos, I do okay. Sure. But yeah, like it, and it's it's those those struggles where it's just like, and especially like I know it sounds silly, but I could probably you know 
first glance, you're like, oh, he's Caucasian. Oh, he's white. Uh, and then, you know, you hear my last name and, and everything like that. And then it's like, wait a minute. He's got a little spice in there somewhere. And then, like, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm full-fledged Mexican. So it's it's something that, you know, just off glances. Like, because Latinos come in many shapes, sizes, and colors, as, as we all know. And, and I think that's... Some are tall. Some are short. Exactly. And, and that's yeah. another issue, too. Like, for, for the most part, in, in cinema, Mexicans are short and brown. Without a doubt. You cannot have a Mexican that's above five foot eight. Yeah, that's just not yeah. going to happen. Um, and I, I think that's still something that's needing to be cracked. I think that's something that's, uh, you know, we need to exhibit all uh, Latino communities and, and just all all cultures and, and, and backgrounds and, and be inclusive in that regard and, and show that everybody can fit in that spectrum of Latino or or any any culture in that in that regard. But I, I think that is still something that you could say that in 2020 and people would still be like, hell yeah, man. Like it, it it's a struggle. Like you gotta be, you gotta work, you gotta work double. And, the and unfortunate, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please. Yeah. Just go ahead. The unfortunate thing about this is that this movie still feels revolutionary. Uh, and it's, it's 2020. This movie came out in 97 and it still feels uh, novel to have an all Latino cast. Yeah. That's not. That's not good. That's not good. And this this movie best demonstrates why that conversation needs to change. As opposed, make things for the backroom workers. Yeah. Make things for the people that they're they're hungry for this. To draw. A parallel, and I'm going to stick the landing, uh, but just in reference to Wild Speed Summer. Aaron, put the sound effect right there. Do it. One of the reasons that the Fast and the Furious franchise is so successful is nary a white person in the cast. You've got Paul Walker for a bit, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's one of the most diverse casts period and it's not a political thing it's just the way that it is which i know it it creates a lot of bad faith arguments of in in other movies that are purposely casting diverse because they want to do better which the right latches onto and goes it forced diversity as opposed to something like fast and furious which just did it yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's that's the way that it was. I don't even like drawing that comparison with bad faith arguments, but it, we, we just need more diversity, period. And look at a franchise like Fast and the Furious, which is pulling in so much money every single time because they're they're worried about the movie and the and the representation is there, mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily making movies for uh, for white folks, even though I'm there every time. Same. Uh, but that was even that. That was only after Fast Five. Whenever I was specifically probably told, "Hey, these movies are good," as opposed to just looking at the box office returns of the first four movies, uh, which were diverse and not big. They, they just looked dumb, but it was appealing to a demographic that wasn't necessarily me. Yeah, this this movie is um, well. Just growing up, like going back to what Aaron was saying when I brought up the, it's hard to be, you know, it's hard to be a Mexican American or insert 
you know, whatever Latino culture American these days. Growing up, I come from like a very white passing family and Latinos are like all different, you know, shapes, sizes and shades as Aaron pointed out. Um, but I come off, I, my family and I come off as very white passing and especially me, I'm the only one with white eyes in my family. So um, growing up like in the media and all of that, like all I saw were people with, you know, white and all white cast or, you know, you occasionally had, you know, somebody who was African-American um, or you had, you know, somebody who was Latino, Hispanic, but it would be in the traditional, you know, roles of like housekeeper or, um, you know, just maid. Yeah. yeah. And all that. And um, I remember asking my mom, I was like, you know, it, even like amongst my friends at school, I mean, I live, I grew up in San Antonio, so we have a very vibrant Latino community here, but I live in a very more like white area. And I remember growing up and asking like my mom, like, why am I not like, I don't look the same as them, you know, and I'm very white passing, but I have like, I'm, I'm very like, uh, I'm still, if you, if you've met me in person, this is a note to listeners, like you can tell I'm not exactly like, I'm not super pale or anything like that. And I would tell my mom, like, how come we're not the same skin color? And she goes, well, like, honey, like, people come from different backgrounds. And you come from a family of Cubans and a family of Mexicans. That's just, that's your heritage. And I said, well, how come, like, I don't see any of that, like, when I watch TV or movies. And so Selena was the first time, like, that I, like, this movie and her music were, like, the first times, like, I was like, wow, like, even if it was... Um, it wasn't totally true to casting, you know, JLo is Puerto Rican playing a Mexican. Still, she's still Latina and it was such a huge deal. And now growing, like growing up now and now just seeing like all these different, I mean, we're not, we have totally not solved this in 2020, but we're definitely getting better at embracing diversity. Um, seeing people freak out. Camila Cabello came out with Havana. I freaked out because literally I grew, I grew up with the sounds of, of um, that song and people, just people of all, you know, races and ethnicities like digging that and, and just other, and other icons, you know, coming into the, into the uh, spotlight. So this movie just really does a lot. Um, this movie just, like I've already emphasized, it's made a bit of an impact on my life, but I'm sure um, as we pointed out, it's, it's definitely just been a big staple for, people who've grown up with like our background so yeah thank you for coming I, my TED uh, talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, that touch on that it is the the, the latin community is, is is you know very welcoming too as in 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 many regards and what i mean by that is the crossover when you hit that crossover it's kind of, excuse my French, fucking huge. And, and the whoa, best... Whoa, wait, whoa. Uh, that's some really good fluent French. Sorry about that, guys. I know, my bad. Um, but I, I think the, the best descriptor of that is when uh, Justin Bieber approached Jay, uh, Luis Fonsi uh, to do Despacito. Yes! Luis Fonsi said, are, are you sure? Are you ready for this? Just, Justin Bieber, who's a huge icon at that point, um, 
was like, yeah, what do, you, what do you mean? And he was like, okay, so when they dropped the song, it went nuts. It went like wildfire. And the same thing <laughs> with, with Beyonce. She's already at an elite level. I think leaps and bounds above Justin Bieber. And she did a song with uh, J Balvin and even bigger, like even a more huge thing. And, and it, it's just in, it's just, Oh, I just, I just get so excited. Like talking about this. It's just because, you know, look at our Super Bowl that we just had. Yes. I was just going to mention that. <laughs> like, like that was, I mean, we had such, we had, we had Colombian, Puerto Rican and, and, and just kind of, diversifying it and just making making the presence known and, and, and kind of you know coming from the background to the foreground and 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 displaying you know our, our pride and, and not being so scared about it because the other thing too is if you look at like news outlets and 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 media from mexico you're not like they're not being diverse in that regard they're still latino yes and they're still mexican but like they try and get the palest person or the fairest person or the person with colored eyes and and they want you to get you know bleach blonde hair just because that's what appeals to the masses but that's not you know being diverse and that's not including um you know everybody or, or showing the, the different uh you know parts of the latino community and and i think that is something that that i think we still will continue to work on and that's unfortunate mm-hmm. Um, but if the court will permit me, I did a couple of interviews. Granted. Permitted. Um, let's see here. So, say that again? You did interviews. I did. Um, did you talk to Selena? Close. Um, so if you, I haven't brought up before, Selena was a big part for me, uh, growing up. Uh, we had a Selena Barbie, uh, that my parents would take with us on vacation, and uh, so there's like different pictures of Selena, like at notable parts of the country. And sometimes a waiter or uh, an event member would want to take a picture with Selena. Um, I'll, I'll put some in the social media. Cool. Yeah. It's a big deal. So like whenever I inherited her, um, like I would take her to like different, you know, college trips and stuff. And like people knew I was a big fan of Selena. So um, I asked my friend who is a, uh, I'm sorry, Alex. Alex got says her name. I do apologize if I get your uh, PhD incorrect, but it is a she's a Mexican American historian. Hey. Uh, so I asked you. I asked her. I said, "Did the movie Selena have any kind of impact on you?" Um, at first, she said, "Dude, uh, she was the first artist I loved and watched their movie forever when I was younger. I think my mom even took me and my brother to her grave uh, every year." So that was her initial response, but then she gives me her TED Talk response, her, Amer- her Mexican-American historian, historian response. There were two artists that were my first loves when it comes to music, Shania Twain and Selena. I was two when Selena died, so my mom basically blasted her music from the start of my memory. Plus, the memory came out when I was four, and I wholeheartedly believed it was Selena, not J-Lo. Just being from the same area as her growing up, I always felt that connection. Mm. Now, as a Mexican-American historian, I see the movie in a whole new light. I love that it's a story about the American dream, but also female empowerment. I've read some articles that refer to her as the Mexican Madonna, but I think Madonna kind of ripped her off. On another note, Selena really had to transcend the national boundaries, and she showed that Latinos on both sides of the borders were connected. Culture is a huge thing in my research, and she's an example of how it connects people across countries, 
genders, and even generations. It's awesome to know that I can meet a fellow Latinx person and immediately click on her love for Selena. I haven't met anyone who doesn't love her. I think the movie came out at the right time. People were still mourning her, but celebrating her with the movie, and the movie was the next step. Also, I love that J-Lo did lip sync all the songs, and they didn't have her re-record them. I don't think it would have been re- received as well. On a last note, Edward James Olmos. Thank you for coming. To <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, um, uh, and here's where I kind of get a little eh about it, because I've always wanted to do a documentary about her, uh, her relevance today, but I'm just too scared because of the family. If I'm being honest, I, 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 I want to get the, I want to get the truth and I don't know how much the, the, the family might just kind of wash it out a little bit. Um, but, um, the movie came out in 97, around the same time that like Hocus Pocus and everything was relevant. And now Hocus Pocus is kind of becoming relevant again. Just like Selena is. Yeah. If you go to spirit stores during Halloween, all you see is Hocus Pocus merchandise. Yeah. I love Hocus Pocus. Yeah. But what, what I'm getting at is now that, you know, that demographic when we were kids has jobs and has monies now, <laughs> it kind of feels like exploitation almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and and any time something comes out in regards to Selena, even the HEB bags, which, oh is not, my gosh, which was yes. not a big deal, but like people were like, good God, just let her, let her rest already. And I kind of get it. Like, but at the same time, it, it's an identifying culture. Like, like, like my friend said, it, it transcends boundaries. It's, you know, she's huge in the female empowerment community, the Latinx community, the, uh, the drag community, the gay community, like, like she's relevant in so much. And, and, you know, talk to any Texan, she's probably right up there with George Strait. And Renee Zellweger commented upon her in her Oscar acceptance speech. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, like, so I don't know, you know, at a, at a certain point, it's just, it kind of feels like exploitation, but at the same time, it's just, she's just ingrained in a lot of our culture. I certainly don't know the answer to this. I'm asking you, but who was the last singer that would be unapologetically Latino since Selena? Um, since Selena, oh, damn. For Texas, or just like overall? In general, because Selena, again, she is a Tejano artist that had a major motion picture made about her life and was just about to cross over. That indicates crossover appeal. What other singer or just artist in general would be that unapologetically Latino to cross over and to have an impact such Gosh. as and be successful. Yeah. Shakira? Shakira? I and, and still I don't even think she's at that scope. Um of Selena, uh you know, she she's killing it in her industry and I mean she did Zootopia, but she's That song slaps by the way. It, it's Try great. everything. Yeah. <laughs> um but I, I don't think, yeah, I, I think, and, and that's what makes her even more significant. Yeah. The it's, fact that I don't know if it'll happen again. That's the unfortunate thing of why you can't let her rest 
yeah. right? Because there just hasn't been anyone. And the unfortunate thing is that Selena was shot, which this movie canonizes her. She did nothing wrong in her life, period. And if she had lived, would she necessarily have been uh, beatified? I'm not entirely sure if I'm using that correctly. Uh, but would she have been the legend that she is now? Uh, certainly would have seen some diminishing returns and then eventually she would have disappeared from from life. But like, like the review said at the beginning of this, the worst thing, the thing that she's guiltiest of in this movie is going bungee jumping. That's, that's her form of rebellion. Her form of rebellion is, I'm going to dabble in fashion. Uh, her rebellion is, I'm going to get married. Yeah. So oh, yeah. And that relationship is also just uh, non-sexual, I feel like. It's, it's, it's a relationship where Chris is also coded as a bad boy. But even in, the, in, in this movie, the scene where he's a bad boy, he is sitting respectfully in a chair while yeah. the hotel room is being trashed around him, which just strikes me as... It's just so false. But also the unfortunate thing about this is that if you possibly if you made this more realistic, it might have come off as detrimental to the Latino community because they say it in the movie. You have to be able to be the best in both worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to have the sanitized version because if you if you depict one thing that's a negative aspect about any of these characters, then they become a criminal element to a white audience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think trying to just go off the top of my head, the only person that may be able to reach some sort of relevance to this is maybe Bad Bunny. Um, Bad Bunny is doing a lot of work trying to, you know, shed light on things that aren't normally talked about. Like in his new um, uh, music video, it's called Yo Pareo Sola, which is um, he's discussing let a girl dance by herself if she wants to dance. Just because she's twerking doesn't mean she's twerking for you. And in the music video, he dances in drag and he lost a lot of uh, support from some people um, because in, especially in Latin communities, um, there's still like a lot of homophobia and, mm-hmm. and, and it's just like, what? He's, he's wearing makeup. No, that, that can't be like, and, and he's, he's making a point like, and, and I think he could reach some sort of, um, of the same caliber as Selena, and especially with, if he does, if he would like to make that crossover, I don't know that he will, but mm-hmm. if he attempts to make that crossover, I think he may be successful in that. Um, but yeah, because I, I think with Selena, there's there's so many things that she crosses over. They had, because it's Selena y los dinos, the, the drummer was female. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, she's a little pudgy. And we don't bring it up. And another, just another thing that I found revolutionary about the drummer uh, is that we're going to get married and we're going to live together mm-hmm. because I'm in love with her. She and I are going to get married. Okay. Oh, Suzette? You want to yeah. marry Suzette? Yeah. Suzette. Can I, sing it? Can I sing at your wedding? 
Uh, yeah. Yes. Su- Suzette is wonderful. She um, she's definitely my type. She uh she she gave my coworker a cup to give to me the, <gasps> the stripes cup. Oh! It, it's still on the saran wrap. <laughs> Where yeah. is it? it oh, it's, 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 like. <laughs> What? You should be like, this cup was touched by the sister of Salinas. <laughs> That's the favorite part of the movie is you, the bumper you have scene. It? You still uh, got it? I still got it. It's in the kitchen. Go get it. it. It's in the kitchen. Go get it. Go it's get up. it for the Let's Patreon wait. people. Yeah. Okay. Hold Don't on. mute. Don't mute it. Don't mute yourself. Yeah. Script the audio tracks. James, what do you think about all this? I said my opinions. I really like it. Um... Like I was saying, like she, it shows the power of a community, and I, I, like her crossing over unifies both uh, the Mexican and United States kind of markets. Um, I mean, she didn't fully realize that, unfortunately, but yeah. Um, still, like it just—it's amazing to see how much love there is for her, and. That's why I found just kind of awe-inspiring, which is like, and, you know, they do make her flawless in the film, but yeah. he's like, this person can do no wrong. She's just perfect, and that's why everyone loves her. And, you know, especially in today's culture where we try and cancel everyone and find everyone's flaw, it's kind of refreshing just to see someone just be like, be nice. Like my one of my favorite scenes is when uh, the little kid comes on and starts dancing with her, and the security guard goes to take him away, and she's like, "No, no, no, he can dance." And then all the kids dance with her. Like that was so cute. I I just love that, and I think that's a good representation of like what she is. Yeah, that was uh, really lovely. I try. Wait, what was really lovely? Uh, oh, don't worry about it, Aaron. Oh, oh shit! Wow. I didn't see that cup. That's a nice. That's a nice stripes cup. This might be from two years ago, two or three years ago, from the uh, Fiesta de la Flor um, festival that no longer exists. So, um, oh, why not? Money, I think. Um, they were trying to specifically find a venue because Corpus, it does have a tourist attraction, but it's not as large as say San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And the community was like, no, keep keep it here. It's, you know, we have the statue and everything. And and San Antonio does have a good foothold for it. Oh, it my was, gosh, the statue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, quick side note. So when Hurricane Harvey happened, um, you know, obviously it affected, it really, I mean, we hear stories about how it, it affected Houston, and rightfully so. Um, but it also struck areas like Corpus and Port Arthur and Rockport. And the funniest thing that I had seen while I was working at the news station was somebody put a life jacket on the Selena statue. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's right on the seawall. So, <laughs> and I, I, it's so perfect. Yeah, and I think somebody was like, "Don't worry, I got you, Queen." And they put the <laughs> the life jacket on and just left it there. And that was like a perfect symbolism <laughs> yeah. for how much we still love Selena and. Um. Yeah, the, the the festival's a bummer. I I wish that they would have kept it going, but um, I actually got to work it in college, 
but it 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 it's yeah, Corpus just doesn't have the foothold for it, and it would it would garner so much more attention in in San Antonio. Um, and the thing there, I mean, the movie was shot in San Antonio. Some parts, like the bridge, yeah, you see the yeah, I saw the river Riverwalk, river Riverwalk, uh, river and, and the Alamo, yeah. Can't I? I remember that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think. God, there's just so much I want to talk about this movie, but like I, I, I just can't. Um, this is not a good script. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I wrote this in in all caps. You cannot help but tap your toes, even if it's not your language. You still understand this this rhythm of the music, like like bitty bitty bomb bomb. That mm-hmm. whole time, you just gotta bop your head. Just it's it's just so damn catchy, and it just makes me think like. God, if we got her and Beyonce on an album, Ooh, oh, the world might explode. Kenny, you have a question? Kenny, why did they start the movie off by having her sing "I Will Survive"? That was weird. I is that like um, like a foreshadow thing? Is that to mess with the viewer? She's she's saying that that it was a recreation of the Astrodome yeah. be, because that was a huge <coughs> a huge iconic moment. Um, it was a crowd that the Astrodome had never seen up to that point. Mm-hmm. So I think they were just trying to do a shot for shot. And if you look at at the actual Houston Rodeo event, it's weird how on point they are with it. Yeah, I, I don't. I I think that's just that was just like part of the set list that you, mm-hmm. of that performance. Also, that jumpsuit so iconic. I actually tried to, um, I went to Lucy in disguise to see if I could wear that for my performance, but um, unfortunately, like, there would have been some wardrobe malfunctions, so I opted opted for the rhinestone bustier um, and the bell-bottom pants, which was also a signature of her fashion style, but um, I was going to ask y'all, what is your favorite Selena song? I have to listen to them. Okay. Aaron, what's your uh, favorite? I know it's hard. It's like Sophie's Choice. I've always loved Chico. But I've also... I feel like... Oh, Chico de Apartamento Yeah. I also feel like... I feel like Beady Beady Bomb Bomb is just so... But como la flor, dude. God, that saved her oh, life yeah, in Mexico like, City. Like... Like, oh my god, when the stage starts like collapsing, yeah, and just like, ah! and apparently the family said that that was underplayed in the movie, it was worse in real life. Like, it, like there was genuine concerns for people's life. I believe it, yeah. Oh my god, okay. So, Kenny, what were you gonna say? I just this is completely past the time that I think that would be relevant to the conversation, but I think it's just weird to introduce Selena to uh an Anglo audience by having her sing Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. Not just the unfortunate irony of having her start off with a song called I Will Survive, but having her start off in the movie with a song that is not her own. Mm-hmm. She starts off with three disco songs that belong to other people before you actually get into the discography of Selena. Yeah, I, I think that is strange. Um, but at the same time, and it's going to be a little dumb, but she she rocks it, sure. And I think I think it's a safe test of the water. Like, hey, you can trust me with this very iconic song, 
you can trust my music. I, I think that she should have only sung Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb throughout the entire movie. That's the only song. Every time she's at a concert, every time she's on stage, it's only Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb. God, such a good song. Such a good song. Good that was song. probably out of the, in my, in, in our set list, that was the, that was our closing song. And that's just, that was my favorite when um, our lead guitarist, Sarah, went and did the solo, the da-na-na, and I just took that time to try to do the washing machine. Um, I'll try to post it for the Shame Watch uh, social media so y'all yeah. can see it. It yeah. was so fine. Um, that, song, that song slaps. It's, uh, it's a banger. Speaking of washing machine, I think it's time to clean up by playing a rousing game of the Rotten Tomatoes game. Is that okay? I'm here yes. for it. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so for people uh, that are just starting with our Selena episode, first off, anything for Selena. Uh, second, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system, that assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a score of how many people liked it. I will be asking for two scores, the first score being the critical score, the second score being the audience score. All numbers uh, giving us the percentage uh, out of 100% without going under. Uh, James, starting with you, out of, out of 46 critical reviews, what do you think the critical approval rating is of Selena? I'm going to say 74. 74%. Why 74? Uh because I think a bunch of whiteys don't know what they're talking about. Whiteys. <laughs> Los gringos. Yeah. Gringos. <laughs> uh, Aaron Omar. Only because of the whiteys, and I think a lot of people were like the, the saleswoman. Um, I'm going to say 62. 62%. Because I, I, the pacing is so. If you don't know Selena, I, I or don't care about Selena, which you shouldn't, you should be in jail for that. <laughs> I, I think you're going to criticize this movie heavily because of the pacing and the script. Which, which I, I love this movie very much. And even I was like, ooh, this script's kind of bad. It feels very <laughs> sanitized. Yeah, very clinical. Yeah, yeah. which very. makes sense because Abraham is an executive producer on the film. And again, the worst thing that happens is that one of your main characters has a hotel room trashed around them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and has long hair. That's yeah. it. That's <laughs> oh my gosh, when they're like putting him in the, the shower to try to like cut everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Olivia. I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say eighty three percent. Eighty three percent. Yes. I'm gonna be bold and say that because um, you know, us Latinos, the Latinx community, we come in droves. We may come late, but we come <laughs> we come in droves to support our queen. And so any of negative criticism, if anything, is, you know, not to say white people, but um that, but also the script. The script is um the script isn't perfect now looking at it you know, as a 27-year-old, but I think, uh, you know, it was, think of the time frame, like, it came out shortly after she passed, so of course people are going to want to see something like that right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Well, uh, as history has shown us, once again, the white man has prevailed uh, over any people of color. 
Uh, James, you are closest without going under. Uh, the correct answer is 65%. So, James, you have clearly used your privilege to earn that victory. Ooh. Oh, wait, was this the critics, sh uh, critics score? It was, yeah. Oh, my God, I was doing the audience <laughs> score. No! <laughs> Dang it. Okay, that's my same score for audience, then. Okay. Okay, uh, Okay, Olivia is going with 83% for the audience uh, out of 166,848 audience ratings. Jesus. That's 166,848. I didn't uh, know that. I, I, I blanked out for a second. I was like, what? That's pretty low, critics. <laughs> oh. uh, sure. <laughs> uh, Aaron Omar, what do you think the audience uh, approval rating is of Selena? 99. 99%. Yeah, only because I need to do a couple more reviews if we're only at 166,000. Jesus, that's, that's yeah. low-balling. I got to write some reviews so we can get to 100%. Look, yeah. not everything can be too fast and furious. But I know, exactly. I was expecting like at least 55 million. That's right. Uh, James, uh, of course, we have to reiterate the winner of the critical score. Uh, James, what do you think the audience approval rating is of Selena? Uh, 89. 89%. 89%. Why 89? Because uh, I think the Latina community mostly showed up, but I think a bunch of whiteies uh, brought it down. I Basically don't... what I said, but like plus 6%. Yeah, I'm, listen, Olivia, we're friends, but I'm in it to win it. I don't get it. It says she's Mexican, but she's eating pizza. Yeah. Oh my god! Can, can we just talk about like fast metabolisms? She's like, I don't exercise. Like, I just have like all this food, and I'm like, girl, I wish. <laughs> I well, ordered pizza because of that film because <laughs> I pizza so much. I'm like, I have to eat my feelings. Ah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, Olivia sometimes wishes do come true. You have won the audience rating. Uh, <laughs> under the correct approval rating is 77%. Oh, yes! Anything for Salinas! That's low. Uh, and as we've established uh, for the Rotten Tomatoes game, anyone that does not win uh, either the critic or the audience score has to pay $30. <laughs> and those are the rules. Those are the rules. Those are the canon rules. I know for audio, like, Aaron is going ballistic right now. No. Oh, is Aaron the one that didn't win either one of them? coincidence. Actually, he's pulling out his wallet right now. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> just throwing money at the screen. That's, yeah, exactly. So kind. Uh, is that a Clorox wipe? You need to preserve those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Um, uh, closing thoughts on Selena? I cried a lot at the end. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, so what was it? I, I messaged y'all on Facebook when I was watching the end, and I go, freaking Yolanda! Yeah, yeah. Every time yeah. she shows up on screen, I'm like, evil! It, yeah. it's, a, it's a damn shame nobody ever trusted her again after this movie. Like, even like, we understand it's an actor, but there's part of me still that like, Oh, yeah, the actress has, yeah, I think she I, said that she's gotten death threats. Oh, my like, God. She's had to tell people. She's, to, she's had to tell people it was just a part. Like, yeah. I'm not her. And when the real Yolanda Salvador was uh, on the possibility of getting released due to health reasons, um, mm -hmm. collectively, the entire city of Corpus said, go ahead, let her out. Please. 
That's why I'm interested. She's to eligible see. for parole. Yeah, she's all twenty twenty five. Yeah, twenty twenty five. Which I'm super curious what's gonna happen with that. I I'm, I'm let her out. I th- she won't. I don't know if she'll survive that long. She's real sick right now. Oh, well. I think she. I think she's got cancer or mm-hmm. uh, COPD. I think she's she's really ill, which is why they considered releasing her just to a, like a normal hospital stay. Mm-hmm. And even then, the entire city was just like, "Go ahead, please. We'll see what happens, but please." But um, my closing thoughts are some fun trivia. Um, a lot of people got really upset about J Lo's performance because she didn't get lipstick on the microphone. Um, uh. <laughs> and that was a very iconic uh, thing of Selena. She would have the microphone so close to her, her beautiful red lipstick would be all over it. Um, and the another fun fact, on the close-up of uh, Chris playing the guitar when he's auditioning is actually the real Chris Bettis' hands, uh, uh, you know, shredding it up mm-hmm. on the guitar. Um, and a, another fun fact of this one, Constance Marie, who plays the mother of J-Lo, or excuse me, the mother of Selena, uh, actually auditioned to be Selena. Oh. And they were like, no, you'll be the mom. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a very important movie. If you ever get the opportunity, uh, visit Corpus Christi, visit uh, the... Um, Bayfront, where you can see her statue. There's also a wonderful uh, museum as well that displays her Grammys and ton of her uh, costume pieces, like her bustier, um, which is is uh, when they filmed the movie. Suzette got very upset that uh, she thought they were utilizing the real bustier, and when she got close, they were like, "Oh no, it's you just did a really great job with it." Um, but yeah, there's a, a ton of memorabilia and merchandise, and I, I think, yes, the script is not good. The pacing is weird. But this movie is more relevant and more important than a lot of people know, especially in this day in our political climate. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all I gotta say. Well, that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Wait! 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 wait. Bitty bitty pod pod. <laughs> Okay. What is she wearing? It looks like a bra. It's a boosty podcast. <laughs> Can or, 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 get Emma's podcast. <laughs> I freaking love that part. <laughs> get Emma's by lot. We want to dance. <laughs> Kenny, do you have one? No, I'm seeding power. Wait, wait. This podcast was taken up by the, <laughs> by the bus of Shame Watch. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I'm going to start a podcast. Gringos love podcasts. <laughs> For real, though, white people love podcasts. Yeah. Especially no, true crime podcasts. Oh, my God. Every okay. white person loves true crime podcasts. Oh, my mom that's awesome. That's no, but get this. This podcast is about a murder. <laughs> Wait, hold on, but did you know this person was about murder and no one solved the case? What? Welcome, it's true uh detective with James Fight. Uh that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Shame Watch. 
Uh, thank you to Denise Hudson for our rockin' theme song and to James Garcia for the artwork. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shane Wash. El podcast of Parlamento 512. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Shane Watch, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and where podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions, <laughs> questions, comments, or general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Oh, uh, visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I stay up in pod. <laughs> or Facebook at Shamewash Pod so we can talk with you. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon <gasps> at patreon.com slash shamewatch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. Kenny, what's our $10 level? Gosh, dang, I forgot this. Uh, you get all the previous perks of uh, <laughs> the rest of the Patreon tiers, as well as exclusive pictures of one Aaron Salinas's feet. That, right? You can get genuine, real deal pictures of Aaron Salinas's feet. Well, as well as the rest uh, of the tiers. Along with a haiku. And uh, a haiku. Olivia, what happens at the $7 level? Um. Gosh, was $7 the one where I said my autograph headshot, or is that the $5 level? I forget. <laughs> okay, well, one of those tiers, uh, at the $7 level, you which marathon we do next? You broke right? up for me, so I didn't hear what you said. Okay, you broke up for me, too. So, at... The seven dollar level is when people get to vote which marathon we do next. No, we get you. They get exclusive behind the scenes content. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They get exclusive behind the scenes content. Um, please don't fire me. Y'all need me. <laughs> I'll I will memorize these one, <laughs> once and for all. Can fire you, uh, but your ass is on thin ice. Uh, uh, Aaron, what what do we get at the five dollar level? <clears throat> at the five dollar shameful. What level you get yummy bits ever wonder what we talk about before the podcast well now you don't have to wonder anymore all other above perks as well and i'll throw in my fajita recipe oh why are that's we good guys so it is good fajitas just thank you for reading my copy on the patreon um and at the two dollar level you get to watch our marathon episodes that we record and we say your name on the podcast, starting with Kenny Madison. Of Austin, Texas. Aaron O. Salinas. Of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. Of Bowling Green, Ohio. Uh, note, she's the first one to receive a foot picture and haiku. Oh, God. Because <laughs> uh, she signed up for the Tondale level. Uh, Alan Smith. Of Austin, Texas. Bradley McPherson. Of Tulsa, okay. Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Herc. Of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. Of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. Of San Marcos, Texas. And Tiffany Tipton. Of Austin, Texas. Uh, also, guys, we're going to be having some more movie marathons coming out. Uh, we're just trying to figure that out logistically. Uh, so just keeping y'all updated. Yeah, because of the also. Whole... Oh. oh, go ahead. Oh, I damn it! Say... I need. 
Elena. I'm interrupting constantly. I'm no, no, you're not. Stop. You are being hypercritical of yourself. Stop. It's fine. I was just going to say, guys, uh, sign up for the Patreon because coming soon this month, I'm going to be doing a spinoff pod, Shame Watch TV. The first series we're going to be doing is The Bachelor Presents, Listen to Your Heart. If you're interested in being a guest, um, hit us up in our DMs and we'll talk about it. Also, uh, listen to a Selena song today because it's Selena Day. Until next time. Our watch has now ended. Dive at your own risk. Hi, como me podcast. Oh, you're talking.